Welcome to the Tummy Team Journey Podcast. I'm Kelly Dean, physical therapist and founder of the Tummy Team. This podcast shares the personal journeys of Tummy Team clients as they restore their core and pursue being strong to be pain-free and connected for the life they were meant to live. Welcome back to the Tummy Team Journey podcast. This is Kelly Dean. I'm the founder of the Tummy Team and physical therapist here. And I am going to be talking with one of our online clients, John from Ohio slash California, because he works in California, but lives in Ohio. Um, And we're going to share a little bit about John's story. John um, has uh, worked with me in e-sessions and he has a really cool perspective on core strength and functional core strength and diastasis recti that I think would be good for you guys to hear about. So thanks for joining me, John. How are you doing? Doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm glad to to have this time to kind of check in with you and uh, see how things are going. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, like just, you know, any, any kind of your history and then maybe also kind of um, what, what you like to do for exercise. Sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm 58 years old and I'm CPA and I've been working out since high school, uh, was interested in weightlifting to get ready for sports and basically, um, focused on all the muscle groups, but the one group I didn't focus on was the core because back in the seventies, everybody focused on their, their rectus abdominis muscles, their oblique muscles. And you didn't think, you didn't hear the word plank. You didn't really hear the word core. And so I developed pretty good ab muscles, but 40 years later, injured myself because I didn't have my core matching my external muscles. Right. And that's, that's how I got in touch with you through a doctor friend of mine who said, hey, Kelly's the person that's an expert in this area. You have a belly button injury. That's who you have to talk to. (laughs) What a funny thing. You know, you're, you're this strong muscular guy and really uh, intentional about how you work out. You're, you know, really balanced and, you know, working the back of your body, the front of your body and all of these muscle groups. And then you have a belly button injury, (laughs) which kind of feels, kind of feels bizarre, but tell me, what did you notice that was going on with your stomach initially that led you to like ask a doctor about it? Yeah. Okay. Um, I was, I live in Ohio uh, and I fly to California for, ta- you know, tax season and for different um, deadlines. And so I was actually in Ohio in early February. And of course we had got, uh, got a lot of snow and stuff. And so I was shoveling the driveway and then I realized there was ice at the bottom of the driveway. So I went and got this, this metal like bar with like a, a like a flat piece of steel on the bottom that I could chip away the ice and I'm chipping away the ice and my stomach kind of felt almost bloated. Like I just felt full, even though I hadn't eaten anything before doing this. And I just felt like, okay, just suck it up and, and finish the job. And I worked for like a little over an hour and I came in the house and I took off my sweatshirt and my shirt and I was pretty sweaty. And I looked, I looked at my, my stomach, because it's like, boy, I feel so bloated. Let me look at my stomach. I noticed that the bottom part of my belly button looked different. 
It looked kind of, it was like sticking, you know, I have an innie and a pretty good innie. And so it was still an innie, but the bottom half of my belly button was like, like almost bulging a little bit. And I'm like, oh my gosh, oh geez, I, I, I have a hernia. And, uh, and I got really nervous and stuff. And so I was like, oh gosh, you know, how many weeks am I going to have to miss working out? Cause that's what I love. That's my passion. You know, I, I sit at a desk all day. And so I like to, you know, get in the gym to kind of stay active and stay in shape. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to need surgery. I'm going to, you know, miss several months. And will I ever be the same? Will I ever be able to squat and do my bent over barbell rows and stuff with the stomach? Oh, he totally spiraled. He totally went down the worst case scenario, right? (laughs) I went worst case because I didn't even know that there was something other than a hernia when you have a belly button injury. You know, I just, I, you're right. I went to the worst case scenario, but boy, I tell you what, um, emailing you, uh, and, and, you know, talking with you, you really ease my mind and says, no, wait a second. It might, you might not need surgery. Let's take a look at it. Let me, let me ask you some questions. Are you interested in maybe an e-session? And I thought that's perfect because I was in California at the time. I had flown from Ohio to California talked with my doctor in California. They put me in touch with you. And then what was great about the e-session is it was a video e-session, obviously, Zoom. And I could pull up my shirt. I could kind of show you my stomach. We had a very nice dialogue. And, and my mind was was on fire for basically two weeks before I was able to schedule the e-session. Right. And the moment I had the e-session with you, I just felt this, this load off my my chest thinking, wait a second, this could be okay. This actually, and I remember telling you that first meeting, this might actually be a blessing because mm-hmm. if this isn't bad, that bad and I don't need surgery, I can now incorporate this into my training and it'll actually make me a complete person as opposed to just the exterior. Now I can get the interior to match because I never really thought about the core. Right. And well, I remember those initial um, emails, you know, and I get I get a lot of emails from people that are in that kind of panic mode for different reasons. Um, and, and because it's scary, it's scary. And uh, you're not quite sure what's going on, but you know, something's wrong. And um, maybe the information you get out there is not really helpful. So then you're really, you know, a lot of worst case scenarios are what's presented in Google or even from doctors, like you're going to have to have surgery. But it was, um, you know, when we, when we met and I was able to take a look at your tummy and hear your story and ask you to do certain things, some breathing, some activation of your core, um, because you have, even though you haven't worked your interior transverse abdominis, that internal corset muscle that we focus on much, you're so in tune with your body that you were able to connect with it pretty quickly. And we could, I could see an immediate difference in your belly button when you did that, which really helped me to see that this was more of, you know, a a mild diastasis with kind of what we call a partially detached umbilicus where the scar tissue that pulled your belly button as an innie kind of partially detached. So some of your innie belly button kind of popped out, but, the reality is it it was partly i mean you, it wasn't actually coming from when you were working out other than you had 
really overdeveloped your external muscles and not completely neglected your internal muscles, but you hadn't focused enough on your internal muscles. So there was a muscle imbalance, maybe not as severe as some of my clients, but there was definitely a muscle imbalance that was noticeable because of the intensity of your workouts um, and of what you ask your body to do is really at a high level. But what really set you off was powering through in that, that shoveling snow because you were, when you were working out, you're so in tuned with your alignment. But when you were shoveling, you were bent over, hunched over, holding your breath, grunting, kind of, hmm, hmm, you know, and hitting it over and over, which was pushing out, pushing out, pushing out. Um, and it, it seems kind of crazy for somebody as strong as you to hurt yourself shoveling the snow, but it's because your alignment, you, you had saved your alignment knowledge for the gym and not for other things you did that were equally physically challenging. And that's how that kind of presented itself. Yeah, that's exactly right. I, I don't even really think about my breathing when I'm shoveling or when I'm breaking up ice and stuff, because I feel like that's a normal quote activity. And so I, in the gym, you know, that's, that's abnormal because not too many people enjoy torturing themselves in the weight room, you know, but I enjoy it. And so I'm, I, I figure that, okay, if I'm doing this extreme, you know, squats or whatever, I got to make sure my breathing's perfect because I don't want to be injured, but I don't really think about getting injured in, in normal activity. And I've always been injured in normal activity. Um, a couple of years ago, I went out and I have a very long, I have a hundred yard driveway. It's 12 feet wide. And then I have a huge uh, pad, cement pad up here. This is for a three stall garage. And then I, you wrap around the house to, to my pool and I shovel that. And then I have a detached garage in the woods. It's three stalls wide with a big cement pad in front of that. So it takes me four hours to shovel when I shovel the snow. And a couple of years ago, I went out and of course I have to do it all at once. You know, my wife tells me, just take a break. And I'm like, no, I just, I want to get it done. So I'm out there for four hours and I feel okay. And then the next day I noticed my, my um, back in that was bad. And I went to the chiropractor and he said, you really overexerted your QL muscle. What did you do? And I said, well, I shoveled for four hours. He said, you can't do that. And so, and now that he saw me get injured with this icing, he says, John, no shoveling and no ice breakup and you'll be okay. <laughs> right. And and this is what I see a lot. I'll see people that are high level athletes that can do all kinds of stuff. And then they put out their back, getting their camping equipment out of their, their garage. You know, it's, it's usually in those functional movements that sometimes people injure themselves. And what that reveals is that there actually is a muscle imbalance and they haven't translated what they're doing in the gym to what their body needs in life, mm-hmm. right? And so we we had um, we did a couple of e sessions. Um, we, you know, based on your physical activity level and kind of your specific needs, we felt like you know that was maybe the better route for you for us to just do individual sessions as opposed for you going through core foundations for men. But I think I gave you some access to the education component because I know that education is power and you had spent a lot of time educating yourself on your body, but had missed 
this key component of your functional core strength. The transverse abdominis was not a muscle you were familiar with. Um, and how the alignment and the breath and how to incorporate that initially and then into your movement patterns and then into functional movement and fitness, we we really customized um, you know, and personalized our, our treatment with you and your body responded really well to that, right? You, what was the biggest thing that was the biggest aha moment about that transverse abdominus when you learned more about that muscle? Well, I remember at first, the first session, I had a hard time like, um, contracting it or holding it. And I had to make the mental uh, leap that, that it's not like you're doing a barbell curl and you're contracting the muscle and you it's not, direct- tension, it's not tensing it up right yeah and I remember asking you okay um what exercises in the gym basically can I do to strengthen the, the TA muscle and you're like no that's not really what this is about this is about posture this is about breathing this is about engaging your core, and you taught me how to engage my core. And now I find myself when I'm sitting at the desk, actually doing TA holds almost subconsciously. It's just part of my daily activity, and I do it first thing in the morning. That's the first thing I do when I get up. Um, I uh, I go and I do my TA holds, and it's a ritual. And I'm a very ritualistic person. When I yeah. do my workouts, I do a certain workout on a certain day, and you know I change my exercise in my rep range. But I know that, you know, on Friday, it's chest. And I know on Saturday, it's legs. And on Sunday, I'm off. And so TA holds in the morning are just part, part of my, you know, and I feel really good about doing the TA holds and the breathing and stuff because I have noticed. Now, of course, I did take a few months off from the heavy lifting per your recommendation mm-hmm. so that I, because I know there was some connective tissue in that that I might have damaged too. That, mm-hmm. that resulted in this and so i really wanted to be smart about it. i felt like i dodged a bullet you know and only having the partially detached umbilicus that okay john don't jump right in you're you know you're almost 58 years old um when i recently turned 58 so i was just you know mm-hmm. so i'm thinking okay take your time and i took a few months and did more of the breathing and really felt connected to my ta before i actually got into the lifting again and then, like talking with you, you said, John, take it slow and do the bands first. Right. Okay, of the barbell. And so probably the last month and a half, I've been back in the gym. And I have noticed since my core is so much stronger, I am better on every lift. I almost feel like now, frankly, I'd rather have done this without being injured. If, you know, if I had had this knowledge. And somebody said, okay, John, if you continue down this path, you're going to have an injury. Or you can go ahead and do TA holds. You know, you can engage your core. You can do these breathing exercises that are very easy. You can have sit up straight at your desk or, or, you know, just when you're in activity, you can make sure your core is engaged. I would have said, okay, is that all I have to do? You know, and I would have done it. Now I went the hard route. But even the hard route, it was a lot easier than I thought it would be coming back from this injury. And I'm better now in the weight room than I was before the injury. Because when I notice when your core is engaged and so strong and tight that 
you're better at your lifts. It just makes yeah. the functional strength. It gives you the stability. gives you the stability you need and the confidence that you need. And it also helps you recruit your breath a little bit better. Yeah. I remember, um, did we, did we, I feel like we put a splint on you to, for you to feel the transverse. Was that what we needed to do? Yeah, I think that at first you were so wanting to just tense up that muscle because that's just how you, how you've done every other thing. And I wanted you to feel that kind of wrap around elongated kind of pulling in. And we put the splint on you so that you got that sensory feedback. And it, I remember the, the look in your eyes when you did that, you're like, Oh, that's it. And then it was almost like we triggered an obsession. <laughs> yeah, I, didn't even, I didn't even really wear the splint after that, because once I got the initial feeling that it was very easy to duplicate. Um, but I just needed that initial like aha moment where I got it. And that was really smart of you to say, well, get, get us, get your splint on and put it on. And, and, you know, I'll and then, and then you, breathe in a way where you exhale, elongate and the splint gets looser. Yes. You know? yes. And, and, and then if you're just thinking about that, it's not about tensing up or, or, or crunching or some of those things that were just so built into your muscle memory that we had to kind of, we had to backpedal a little bit yeah. to create this new connection in a different way. Um, and then what's been really interesting with you, um, because of the level of fitness that you're at, you know, I um, have, have been much, and because of your awareness, I've been much more lenient and uh giving you a lot more permissions to do things that for other clients I would feel like are borderline not tummy safe because you have been able to get that connection and then connect that with some of your kind of not necessarily crunch like movements but you do these leg lifts and these hangs and and some different things like that that are recruiting your obliques and your your rectus abdominis and your transverse in a really supportive way. But we gave you some guidelines so that you knew when you were going too far so that you could just find right at that happy medium, right? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because what I noticed is I was always working my, you know, rectus abdominis and my obliques. And my wife even commented to me, she says, boy, I can really see your muscles, but you're getting kind of thick in the waist. And I was just thinking, okay, I'm in my, you know, later 50s. It's just, that's just par for the course. That's just 40 some years of lifting. And, you know, um, what else can I do? I just would rather have it be the ridges sticking out than, than not have any muscle there. But what I've noticed with this is I only do the hanging leg raises, but I start each one off with the, the, the pelvic tilt. Mm -hmm. And when I do that, I can tell that I'm doing it right because all my obliques and my serratus and my ab muscles are very contracted right at the start. And then mm -hmm. I bring the, the, the knees up all the way and then let it down slow. And that, that tells me that, okay, I'm not using my hips. I'm actually using the muscles and my obliques are there, but they've almost disappeared. And my stomach does not stick out anymore. My waist is so much smaller even though my weight is about the same. And it really changed the composition of your core. I remember early on, you're saying, already my stomach is flattening out. And you didn't have a bulging tummy. Like, like no. it wasn't 
like a beer belly, but you you had overdeveloped your rectus abdominis to the point where it was a little bit. It was, you weren't lean, you know, yeah. you were bulky. Um yeah. and and that overdevelopment, which is often what is on all the pictures and in all the movies and what you know a lot of guys and women are trying to get that kind of sticking out rectus abdominis washboard stomach that actually is a muscle imbalance that um is going typically creates a problem it's it's when for for you some people are like oh i could never get that washboard no matter what washboard has to do with overdeveloping the rectus abdominis and really low body weight right or like body fat you know like really kind of that combination um but i don't feel like that should be the goal when you can see those ridges and everything overdeveloped in that way really there's something else missing because as you activate your transverse functionally and your rectus abdominis functionally, it actually lengthens and flattens the rectus abdominis, which is still strengthening it, but it's not thickening it and bulging it, which is what most people want a thin, flat core, right? They're not wanting it to be bulgy, but they like that. They, they equate that washboard stomach as the definition of a strong core. And that's actually not true. Well, I can, I can attest to that because I had the thick rectus abdominis, almost like a plate of ridges. Now I've got the ridges, but they don't, they're, they're not nearly as thick and they're much uh, flatter and, and, um, you know, stronger. And stronger. Yeah. It's, it's almost more, and I didn't know I could ever get like this at my age, but it's actually more appealing than it's been for a long time because I don't have the thick rectus. I don't have the thick obliques. They're there, but they, and I've got the ridges, but they're, they're, they don't stick out as far. And I've got the washboard, but it's flat. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's, and my waist is shrunk by inches, you know? Um, and so it's actually a lot more appealing. And I feel like, but I'm, you know, it looks okay. It looks good, but that's not my main thing right now. Right. Right. That's That's not what you were, you were, why you were doing this work, but it is a byproduct. And I think it's valuable for us to say, because I know there are a lot of people that working out and the aesthetic of working out is important to them. I, you know, the tummy team is always more about how you feel and how you function than how you look, because I feel like, you know, there's a lot of shapes and sizes of people and I want you to feel and function well. And it's to me, it's the aesthetic doesn't always match um, what you're capable of. But I know that for some people that that's important. And when I say I don't want you necessarily doing a bunch of planks and a bunch of sit ups and a bunch of crunches and a bunch of, you know, burpees and a bunch of all those flexy, flexy stuff, they start to panic thinking, oh, you know, that's what I have to do to get this this look that I want and um, or to be strong the way I want. And I think a lot of it comes back to that education about anatomy, how the muscles actually function um, and, and how they work and what your core's design is really for. It's actually to stabilize your back, to hold your organs in place and to stabilize your upper body and your lower body. So your arms and legs are stronger and more, 
have more opportunity to move, right? And that's really what what we're we're going for. And sometimes our fitness goals can cloud our functional goals, and they right. they don't always match. Um, and that's why when they can somebody can be very physically fit and injure themselves in something seemingly simple. Um, and I don't want that. I want our fitness to actually promote us having a strongly strong life and a healthy pain-free life and so recognizing that overdevelopment of those muscles isn't really the shouldn't be the goal anymore we should be thinking more about how our body works for us you know yeah it wasn't something that i was like um okay i've got to get them more developed more thicker but I'm the type of person that I work the entire body. I don't miss a body part. Like I work back as much as I do chest. You know, I work rear delts as much as the front delts. So I want to be, I think symmetry and proportions important. So if I'm going to work my low back by doing squats or hyperextensions, I feel like I have to do my stomach or I'm going to get an imbalance. And that's, I think, was my mentality that, okay, my low back is so thick. You know, I've got to do my stomach or I'm going to get this imbalance. And so they were both getting thicker. Now. They might not look as impressive, but internally, I'm so strong that my squats now are easier and I'm better at it, even though it, it's kind of weird because I would think that I would need more low back muscles to do it. But no, I'm actually uh, – and you know what's weird, Kelly? I feel – when I was doing squats before this injury, I don't know if if my TA my, – my muscles in my back for the TA – were functioning properly because I would always feel like one side felt tighter or the other. And when yeah. I come down to squat, I didn't feel even. And I just felt like, Oh boy. And now when I squat, um, it feels like, I feel like when I was in my twenties or thirties squatting, I just put the bar, come down and I feel nothing in my back, my hips, everything feels like normal. Like it's functioning like it should. And it yeah. wasn't this but i just felt it was old you know i'm getting older and i just felt like i would never get that feeling back in my 20s or 30s because you're just older and you've done it for 40 years right and i've got I, a new lease on life actually in the gym because i took a few months off healed the rest of my body you had great uh wisdom that you you uh passed on to me about what i should be doing and now i've incorporated it in my daily living and it's actually going to help me stay healthy when I do the shoveling, when I do these things, because I'm consciously thinking like the other day I was outside and I went to pick up some stuff, uh, these heavy bases for um, umbrella stands. And we just got a few new ones, though. So I'm moving them. And I'm as soon as I go to pick it up, I'm like, oh, wait, T.A. And mm -hmm. I, I go ahead and I engage the T.A. And and then I move it and I feel so rock solid doing it. So even though. Um, you know, it's not a lifting thing. You lift things all the all the time you around do. the house. You have a whole day long. And, yep. and I don't want to injury. And when it's so easy to prevent it now that I have the knowledge. So thank you again for giving me another lease on life, basically, and able to improve from the pre-injury. I right. mean, I'm better now because of the injury than I was in January early in the year. I got hurt February 4th but I'm better than I was on February 3rd before the injury. So thank that's, you. Again. That's, that's so great. And that's, you know, 
uh, that's that's a story I hear a lot is a lot of times people will come in because they have a diastasis, because they had some kind of injury to their tummy. And um, they are so much stronger after the injury that they're like, like you said, it kind of feels like a blessing in disguise. Like I had, I had this injury and at first it's very scary um, because there's really weird information out there about what you have to do in surgery and all of these things. So you go down the spiral rabbit hole of worst case scenarios. But once, um, once they kind of come get some education and that's what we're known for at the tummy team is educating you and validating where you're at, helping empower you. Once you have that, this is, um, it's, it's actually fairly simple what we ask you to do and your body, what I was going to say is your body really craves that symmetry of the transverse abdominis. And, and when you were saying about you're working your, your back and, and your tummy, and they were both really, de- you know, developed, but what, what was missing is kind of that all in one muscle that wraps around you like a corset, that deep kind of stabilizer and 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 it lengthens your core so it it gets stronger as it actually gets leaner and and it kind of compresses your organs and pulls everything in and stabilizes your spine but that low back support is actually the stabilizer that you needed you were using more of your external low back muscles you know, your lats, your, your, um, rectus, your, your, um, spinous rectus. Yeah. Yeah. All of those muscles, kind of those lower muscles and your QL, which are all important muscles, but they were, they were trying to be movers and stabilizers at the same time. And they have that component, but they should be eight. Those external muscles should be 80% movers, 20% stabilizers. And your internal muscles should be 80% stabilizers, 20% movers. And once we gave you that internal, then those other muscles could go back to do more of the main job they were intended to do. And it kind of sets them free to be more effective because they're not having to like do two jobs at once. Right. And, and so I think that um, when people can kind of, a lot of times the, the diastasis and the functional core weakness and that lack of the transverse presents as low back pain. Right. And it's because, the transverse abdominis wraps around and stabilizes your low back in a way that those external muscles, like with those kind of back extensions and stuff, that's something, but that's not a stabilizer. That's extending your back, mm-hmm. right? It's right. not stabilizing your back. So it once we once we got that stability and then we we kind of immersed it into every other movement you were doing. It just got stronger and stronger and stronger. And that balance of those internal and external, those stabilizers and movers, those slow twitch and fast twitch, all of that, that kind of balance is how your body moves us like that well-oiled machine. That's what you're feeling right now. And I love how you can acknowledge that it almost brings you back to the muscle memory of your twenties and thirties, because you can kind of go, Oh, I remember what that felt like, you know? And you know what else? Um, When you get injured, besides thinking the worst case scenario, you think about, Oh my gosh, 
what what kind of therapy am I going to need? You know, I had hurt myself about 10, 11 years ago, uh, and it was a, a weightlifting injury, but it wasn't because of the lifting. It was because of sitting at a desk, using the tank key, and always turning to my right. Mm-hmm. So the chiropractor said what happened is I had an imbalance or I had an over-fatigued uh, uh, left oblique and right hip. Because that turning only in the one direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was deadlifting, and what happened is I had a my L5 went left of center, and uh, my um, right glute medius didn't completely tear in half, but it tore where it veed. And mm-hmm. uh, the, the L5 crimped all the nerves on the left side of the L5. And so I had the drop foot, you know, yeah. I raise my toes up. And that's the last big injury I've had. And that took several months and a lot of physical therapy to get through that injury so when i hurt my stomach i was thinking oh my gosh i'm gonna have the surgery i'm gonna have all these guidelines that i'm gonna have to follow and you know it's gonna be tough because it's gonna be a long process i'm gonna i'm an impatient person and so when i when i when i met you and you're like okay your ta muscle and you explain what that was and the function of it and what i needed to do i'm like wait a second it can't be that easy it can't be this is it. This is what I have to do to get better. And I'm going to be better than I've ever been before. If I just do this, it almost seemed uh, like uh, counterintuitive to what I thought in my own mind. It my own- it's counterintuitive to how our culture is addressing yeah. um, issues like this. And it is a little bit counterintuitive even to how uh, average traditional physical therapy even addresses it. I feel like this is um, how we address the core is not how I learned it in PT school and how even how a lot of other physical therapists that I do training with, they're all like, oh yeah, I do back stabilization exercises. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I know how to do that. I, I, If they look on the outside of what we do, it's all stuff that the average physical therapist pretty much knows. But I think it's the the timing, the functional integration, the slowing it down, the connection, and the making it really meaningful, that is what makes it different, right? Than just a series of do these 10 exercises three times a day. I never wanted it to be that way for you. Um, Mm -hmm. Although there is some routine to it initially. Um, We have to have some routine initially. But with the long-term goal of I want you to be connected when you're moving those umbrella stands, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that you really grasp that because you do have a very uh, kind of analytical mind and a very structured routine kind of personality. So we had to really honor that and give you those things that make you happy, but also help you see the bigger picture so that the next snowstorm, we're not back in the same boat. Right, because it is going to snow again next year. So, (laughs) right, and I want you to be prepared. You know, I want you to be prepared for that. Um, And not all the work you're doing doesn't mean that next year do the four hours all at once. Right, right? means it means let's do it maybe over you know two days or even three days. Um, You know, get get out, get the path out of your house done, and then work on you know those other places. Um, but, but how you're doing it will be your workout, right? Yeah. You, you need, you are now going to now address that 
particular exercise um, or particular activity as if it is an exercise and you'll come at it with that same mentality of what is my alignment? Where am I breathing? Because if you were in the gym and you were fatiguing out, you wouldn't power through one more set. No, you know, no. You would know, okay, right. I'm speaking out. This is my this is my last rep because I don't want to do something that keeps me out of the gym. But exactly. our brain shifts when, oh, I just need to get the rest of this, this yeah. you know, path, you know, shoveled. We don't Absolutely. think the same, but hopefully oh, you will. No. Yeah, I, and I don't, I need to listen to my wife because she's always telling me, okay, that's enough. And, and I'm, I like to finish what I start. So a workout in the gym, that workout is fluid because you never know how you're going to feel. But when you get a snowstorm and you have sho- you have snow to shovel, it's like, okay, it just needs done. It's more of a, you know, a different mentality. And I've got to do better at having the same mentality because I know I'm engaging my TA in the gym and I need to carry it over. And plant stands and things like that are easy because it's one movement for right. um, or whatever. But when I, I'm, I'm anxious to see when I have something to do next winter, let's say, and it's uh, an hour or two, I want to see if I can maintain that for the hour or so. Right. My TA might really get a great workout. Great. You might need to to just come in, you know, for like 30 minutes and then go back out. You might not need to do the next day, but you're going to, I want you to be really intentional about what you're thinking when you're doing that. Um, Would you, um, were, were you concerned at all about the fact that you, um, we're going to work with me online versus in person. Was that a factor for you in the beginning? I, I'm sure after we met, you were okay with it. But um, I, I asked this because, you know, we're, we're an international online physical therapy clinic at this point. We, everybody we see is online. And I think that there's this tendency, especially now after, not after, but at this stage in the pandemic where things are opening up and people want to kind of go and see a real person. Um, unfortunately, a lot of times the real person they're seeing isn't a specialist in this area. And then they're a little discouraged, but I'm curious what you thought about that initially. You know, um, I want to deal with experts and (laughs) I was told that you are an expert with belly buttons and I don't know if that's (laughs) what you're saying. And so when Juliana, my Juliana, my friend said, um, you know, Kelly Dean is who she said, I do a little bit of this, John, but I would feel more comfortable with you speaking with with Kelly, my friend Kelly, because this is her passion. She even said this is what she loves to do. This is what she's excellent at. And so I said, "Okay, um, where is she located? She said she's in Washington. And I was thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to schedule a trip and that. And, and I would have, I would have actually come up if that was the only way to see you, I would have done it. But when, um, we, we contacted verse via email and she, you mentioned about, you know, I could go ahead and do an e-session maybe if that's what mm-hmm. I prefer, or we could do the online met, like a whole uh, program. And I said, I want to do e-session. So I think to answer your question, I want to deal with an expert, whether they're zoom meeting whether it's on the phone, of course, I would have rather been in person with you, number mm-hmm. one, if I could have. But right. this was actually uh, a very close second because we got to see each other. 
you could see my body, you couldn't touch it, but you're such an expert. As soon as I showed you my stomach and my belly button, you're like, okay, okay. I, you, know, you knew. Yeah, and I like, a lot of tummy. <laughs> yeah, what a relief. Yeah. And so you you didn't need to touch me. So the e-sessions were perfect for me. Well, you know what I found actually is um, it's forced me to be really creative, but the reality is even when people see me in person, even when, when they would see me in person, they see me once every two weeks. So what I do in the clinic is just, just such a small part. And so when I'm seeing somebody over the screen like this, and we had to problem solve how to get you. I could tell when you weren't engaging your pro- your core properly, right? I asked you questions about what it felt like, where you're yeah. feeling it. I could see how a muscle was moving. I could see how you were tensing up. And, and then, you know, it forces me to do stuff like, let's put your splint on and give you that feeling. Let's yes. do this. Let's, I want you to put your hand here. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to, you know, I can tell that you're not sitting properly, you know, and, and, it's a real partnership between me and you and helping you to feel your own body. Because at the end of the day, I don't go home with you, right? This you, it's you and your body, right? So I want to give you as many tools as possible for you to be independent and effective without me having to put my hand on you without me having to physically release this muscle. I can show you how to physically release that muscle. Right. And, and I feel like that has been, um, that is a big part of how I've set up the tummy team from the beginning is really to partner with and coach people to be on a team together where I have resources and I'm helping you develop those resources. So I'm glad that you took that, that you had that, outlook and you are willing to, you know, meet with me because I feel like, um, you are very, you know, quick to, to, uh, see where we were going in it. And I, I feel like, um, because I do have a lot of experience, I try not to use the word expert because I feel like that means that you're not continuing to learn, but I specialize in this. I'm passionate about it. And I have a lot of experience in this. Um, because I have a lot of experience, I feel like I, I can confidently coach people off of that downward spiral and help validate what they're feeling and help get them into a realistic, you know, treatment plan. That's easier. Like you said, easier. I think you initially like, Oh yeah, I want to do this. And you bought like five sessions. And after two sessions, you're like, I don't think I'm going to need five sessions. I was like, I don't think you're going to need five sessions either. (laughs) You know? So, you know, that was pretty cool. It was a pretty cool experience. Um, for me to see somebody at your level of training and intensity to really embrace kind of looking at it a little bit differently and coming back stronger than you ever have been. And that makes me really happy. Well, also I want to, I want to say this. I think you generally care about people. You're, you've got a sweet personality. So that is right away, put somebody at ease to do an e-session and Within 10, 15 minutes of that first e-session, with your, well, I yeah. don't, expertise, I guess, yeah. knowledge, yeah. You, had, you had me on the floor, you had me sitting in a chair, you had me standing up, and you were assessing the whole time, and right away, I'm thinking, this lady knows what she's talking about, because we're on a screen, and she's putting me through this, and you can see the wheels spinning, like, okay, you're you're assessing, you're figuring out. And after 15 minutes of the first session, 
you had diagnosed me and now it's like, okay, this is now the treatment. And so that's why it didn't take five sessions. You didn't need two or three sessions to figure out me or figure out this issue. You're that good that you figured it out so quickly. And then it was just a matter of, okay, John, let me make sure you are understanding what you need to do. And once you did, once you got me to see the light, yeah. we had two, we were done with the second session and you didn't think I needed any more. I said, you know what? I would feel comfortable with one more because I right. want to go a couple weeks of the bands and, and getting back, doing some light stuff and tell you how I'm feeling in two weeks. And we met again for the third session. You refunded my last two sessions for me. And you even said, you've, you've texted, you've emailed me and says, Hey, if you have any questions, let me know. Uh, I'm always available. And I really appreciate that because I haven't had an issue, but just the fact that you offered it, I know I could always email you or call you and say, Hey, I'm experiencing this. And I I feel like uh, just, just a relief knowing that I might never need to use it, but just in the back of my mind, I know Kelly's there if I ever have a question. So thank you. Well, and I appreciate that. And I do, I genuinely care. I've been down this road where there, um, I didn't really have a lot of help uh, and I had to kind of figure it out on my own. And I want people to realize they're not alone. Um, and, and I think that, um, you know, kind of having the confidence to be able to say, this is going to get better. Um, I feel like you knew your yourself well enough to know you needed another session because that you might push it too hard. And that was my instinct too, that like you, you might jump in the deep end and kind of go too aggressively. Um, and it might be nice to have that follow up, but I think that that's, that's where we are right now in our kind of professional relationship is, you know, that if something, if you go a little too far, um, or something happens off a little bit that you can always reach out and we can kind of reassess where we're at and kind of re-guide you, guide you into like the next stage of what you need to do. And I feel like that knowing that you're not alone and that there is a resource out there and that somebody that kind of feels confident knowing about this, uh, that helps everybody. So I, I hope that that's what people feel when they work with the tummy team, that we genuinely care about them getting better and educating you and just being, um, you know, a positive and uh, encouraging resource. And I feel like that is what people need when they're in that really scared, overwhelmed stage, um, which is what I needed too. So you got Absolutely. Yeah, I was actually, when this happened, I was online. You'll, you'll probably get a kick out of this or laugh at me. But uh, I was online looking at clinics that could do the umbilical hernia surgery where they did it um, like ar- arthroscopic where they didn't use the patch. or the, mm-hmm. And there were very few. And there's actually a real good clinic in Georgia. So I was actually thinking, okay, could I, If is that the closest one to Ohio? What I, you know, cause, and so I'm actually doing online searching for clinics that do that real type of like um, surgery, uh, arthroscopic for the belly button, because I didn't want to put a, a, a patch or, or a, right. whatever that is. And then I didn't even need, I didn't even need to go down that route. Right. But it but just, you, but, you were already uh, there. You were already there. Yeah. So I think if, if listeners hear this, they might maybe if, if they haven't been injured, but they might get injured, hopefully they wouldn't. But if they do, they don't go down that rabbit hole and freak out for first the first two weeks until they get a chance to meet with you and have an <laughs> eat. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I love that, that too. And when when I asked you to do this podcast, that was what you said. You know, I uh, I would love to share information in a way that people don't have to have the injury first to get right. this information. Um, because even though I am, you know, I'm rehab, so people come to me after an injury. Yeah. I, I'm trying to get people to think a little bit more proactive, almost like prehab, what we call prehab, um, where you are preparing ahead of time, using rehab concepts to prepare ahead of time for a challenge that might be coming up in the future. So thinking about being proactive and preparing for um, the next stage. And I kind of think about that for the men that we work with, because the average age of man that we work with is 50 to 75. And if at in their 40s, we could have men kind of do our core foundations for men program, anticipating this next season from 50 to 75 being when their core starts to not be what they hoped it was, you know, being proactive. I think that that could be really powerful. Um, So we're seeing, we're looking at different ways. Men are funny though. They, um, they don't like to be proactive. They're very reactive though. Um, Very reactive. If something happens, boy, let's get that fixed. But if we could be proactive and solve the problem ahead of time, that would be amazing. Well, right? I tell you, I'm all for it. I think it's great what you're doing. And if even one guy out there says, you know what, I want to be proactive with this and, or, you know, and, and not have an injury. And if I would have had this, in, if I would have even known about this when I was 40, um, I just can't imagine how much better off I'd be at this point because I wouldn't have gotten injured. And, and frankly, I don't think I'm going to get injured again because I do this every day that I actually feel like every week that goes by, I'm getting a better core. So I'm thinking that, you know what? Okay. I got injured, but I got Kelly Dean in my corner. So (laughs) I probably won't get injured again, as long as I'm smart and do what she says and engage it and do the breathing. And it's very easy it's to do muscle memory for you now. So yeah, even though you have it in your routine, it's becoming muscle memory for you. And that's our goal is that your body starts to work the way it was designed to work and works for you. Yeah, that's great. Good. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing your um, afternoon with me and uh, like letting the, our listeners hear your story. I think it's been really helpful. And um, I love hearing your passion and excitement about what you do and, Um, It's been really fun working with you. Do you have anything else you'd like to share before we sign off? No, just this was my pleasure to do this today. And it was great seeing you again. Yeah. Well, thanks, John. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Um, If you want more information about what we do at the Tummy Team for men or for women, you check out thetummyteam.com. And we would love to help you be strong for the life you were meant to live. All right. We'll see you next time. Be well. Thank you for joining us today at the Tummy Team Journey Podcast. The Tummy Team is committed to validating your story, providing you with relevant practical education to understand your body, and offering effective solutions to live the life you were meant to live. Check out thetummyteam.com to get more information about how we can help you specifically and see if one of our online programs is right for you. You can also follow the Tummy Team on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube to get tips, encouragement, and support.